When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Turn it up. Well, Dak, here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence. And nobody can hang with my stuff. Uh, you know, I'm just a just a big, hairy American winning machine. If you ain't first, you're last. You ain't first, you're last. That phrase is trademarked not to use you outside the Rick Bobby. <laughs> yeah, Ricky Bobby, thank you very much. You're telling us it's 2.06. If you ain't first, you're last. That's how we like to roll on Sky Speed as we head into the summer of 2024. Greg Murphy joins me right now. Happy New Year, mate. Yeah, happy new year. I reckon Ricky Bobby would make the best broadcaster. Absolutely. <laughs> so you're okay to be yeah. added to the list of uh, athletes that have become great broadcasters? I wouldn't, I wouldn't use the word great. I'd use broadcaster without any other uh, <laughs> uh, explanation. For, 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 men, for many, that would be okay, Murph. For many, that would be okay. So, okay, we'll add Murph to the list, Finn, as uh, athletes that have become great broadcasters. I, I sense you're a little bit excited about this weekend at the Torpo International Motorsport Park with the historic GP. And when I see what's going on, there's some very cool kit uh, coming to town, so to speak. And Bathurst has a good theme, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely, mate. It does. We we are celebrating Holden this weekend at the Historic GP, uh, and that is a bit of a theme that has been um, uh, implemented over the years there, you know, uh, celebrating a manufacturer. And uh, this one um, is uh, special to many people's hearts, obviously, Holden. So we've we've uh, enlisted um, the help of uh, some of our Aussie mates, and we've um, brought over a, a, a a little selection of, of um, tasty treats from Australia, <clears throat> including a couple of um, Larry Perkins uh, special cars. Uh, his last Bathurst winner from 1993 is going to be here, um, and uh, Jack Perkins will be uh, having a little steer around in that one. He's coming to play. Uh, Stephen Richards will be driving uh, Larry's last uh, 2003 uh, car that he raced at Bathurst for the final time, so Stephen Richards will be doing a couple of laps around in that. Um, the uh, 2003 24-hour Bathurst 24-hour winner, the mighty 427 Monaro that was uh, shared by uh, myself with Peter Brock, Todd Kelly, and Jason Bright. That is also in attendance, and also a 2007 Holden Racing Team uh, VE Commodore as well will be here. And uh, Harry Jones, who races in Carrera Cup, um, very very fast driver. Uh, his dad owns that car, and he's uh, they're going to be in attendance um, showcasing nice. that vehicle as well. And of course, um, the, 20, the 2023 Bathurst winner, Shane Van Gisbergen and Richie Stanaway's uh, Red Bull Triple Eight Ampol Racing Camaro is also here and oh will God. be doing some demos as well. 
So, okay, I've got this list in front of me that you've just described to me, but it's got TBC behind who drives the Camaro. Yeah, TBC. I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying Tony Quinn should uh, be driving that car. I don't oh, think he's driven on. one yet, maybe. And I think, um, I think uh, he should uh, get out there and do a few laps in the car that he has bought and uh, shipped over here for, for a few <laughs> race meetings. You, you are so full of it. I know, full stop, you've got your finger no, on I'm it. No, I'm, I'm driving the, the, uh, the, the Monaro, <laughs> mate. I'm, I'm reliving 2003 in the mighty 427 someone else to go drive the Camaro. Why? Why did the Monaro never really take off? Because when they brought it back, I thought it was a, a beautiful car. It was a marketing ploy by Holden. Very, very successful, successful uh, marketing ploy. They sold. I don't know how many cars they end up selling. It was quite a few, um, and it, it, you know, it was it was there purely for Holden to showcase their ability as a manufacturer at the time, um, utilised the, the amazing design team that was that was housed at, at uh, Fisherman's Bend in Melbourne. And, and you know, they, they did it because they could, basically, and it was uh, put down the production line in Elizabeth. And, Elizabeth, and it was always going to be short-lived. It was just a, a special sort of uh, sh- small run of cars, and it was always going to to um, you know, come to an end um, within a couple of year cycles. So, um, but it, but it did it did its part, did its part, played its part, and um, had had some mighty success behind it, including obviously um, the a couple of years winning the the two twenty four hour races at Bathurst. Hey, can I ask who owns that that car? Uh, yeah, good mate of mine, Peter Lucas um, from Australia. He owns that car. He owns a few other cars as well, but this one. Um, is, is, is pride and joy, and, and uh, he is going to be in attendance. He's actually going to be racing in the Fonz um, uh, category, racing an FT50 um, on the weekend. Yeah, talk to oh. me about that Formula Open New Zealand category. So I was reading up at it for, in prep for the weekend. It, it's actually quite a cool category because you've got FT50s, yeah. FT40s, and then some older, older class cars that can still race and stay on pace. Yeah, uh, so the Formula Atlantics is another good, uh, important part of, of that um, that championship, and um, they and that's where I sort of cut my teeth as well in Formula Atlantic back in the early days, and a, and a Swift DB4, and also a Rolt um, RT4, and uh, there's going to be some of those cars there. They run the the 1600 either uh, BDA or the the Toyota 4A GE and behind them. So 1600, about 240, 250 horsepower, screamers, absolute screamers. They reached about 10 grand. And um, they, are, they were an amazing class, um, uh, just a, a brilliant class back in the day, well supported here in New Zealand for a long time. So we're mixing, they all get mixed together um, to, to run in one class. So it um, should be a good field of those as well. And then we have the historic GP. Can't call it a Grand Prix because there's only one Grand Prix here, right? So that's the New right. Zealand Grand Prix. But we've got the historic GP and the, and the F5000s. Uh, aren't they just gorgeous machines? Yeah, they they are uh, real um, proper men driving machines. I mean, you've you've got to be tough and you've got to be brave and um, you've got to know what you're doing when you're driving an F five thousand. So uh, they they're always a crowd please. And, and for us uh, purists, you know, being able to uh, hear those five liter V eights uh, in a, in those mighty machines is is something quite special. Murph, Murph, when you were describing the cars that are coming out for the, the, the demonstration appearances, the Commodores and the Camaros, does it take you back to when you were racing and how much fun you had? Oh, pure, absolutely. I mean, I love the history of, of the sport and I was pretty lucky to be a part of it for a long time and, and, and through some change as well. But um, probably the heyday of the Ford versus Holden stuff, you know, through the 2000s, late 90s, 2000s, 
was was where it was at and and um you know it's it's incredibly popular still and people love seeing this stuff on the racetrack and seeing them being used and these I mean, there are so many cars, unfortunately, in Australia that um, don't get seen because the, the people are collectors and they don't want to be putting them out there. But I think that's changing a little bit. I think um, we're going to see a, a fair few more, um, you know, historic supercars and Group A cars um, getting out there and doing some more. Um, there's some, some amazing owners over there that actually are doing a lot of work to, uh, to get um, more cars out there. And, uh, and, and, you know, when you see them at Bathurst, when they do demos and stuff at Bathurst, the crowd just, they're all on their feet. They just love seeing stuff that's got historic resemblance, uh, memories for them uh, growing up as well through the generations of, of uh, Bathurst and, and the likes of the stars, you know, the Perkins, the Brocks, uh, the Johnsons of the world, you know, who, who really puts um, Group A and, and supercars on the map. So despite the world we live in, which is trying to push us towards sort of a, an, eco, uh, an eco future, which is, in, which is always going to be in the, in the plans, uh, the likes of TA2 now being uh, brought into New Zealand here, we've got that first round in the, uh, at Manfield in a couple of weeks. You can understand why the sound still brings people. People just want raw sound. Could have all the senses um, activated, mate. You know, and, and sound is a big, big part of that. You know, you, you know, you're not you're not going to be have that excitement, have that buzz, and that thrill, anticipation when you you know with uh, things you can't hear. Um, so uh, you know, it, it is a big, still a huge part of motorsport. And and for for fans, if there is you know that the, there is you know still talk and argument and, and discussion and whatever around the future of um, uh, automotive brands and what they're going to do and, and what it's going to look like um i think it's still got a lot of change to happen and i don't think it's necessarily uh what we are being pushed with at the moment but you know certainly for people that do enjoy their cars and 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 the likes you know being able to go to the racetrack and actually get that uh, that thrill and that buzz through their through their ears um is um you know is not going to die that's not going anywhere mate as you look towards 2024 how excited are you about the new indy car season and the fact that yep. Scott McLaughlin is, is not pushing his own barrow, but says he feels he has the tools uh, and, and the resources uh, to potentially win a championship. It's the first time I heard him come out and sort of suggest that. Oh, I don't know. I thought he was pretty confident about last year. I mean, you know, finishing third in the championship was a pretty good result. I mean, it could have very easily gone a different way. But I think, again, um, I mean, just think about the fact that, the, you know, he come, he's come out the gate it's only it's his third season, and he's won races in both those his first two seasons. I mean, it's it's been a staggering start, and he's been a championship contender already. And I and I really think that um, um, you know this year, yes, it's his best shot, but I think he's he has learnt so much, and and almost like he's actually no no excuses either this year. I don't think, and I think he probably sees it that way. Um, you know, because he has the tools. He's in a team with great other great drivers with a massive resource. And, and he's a brilliant race car driver. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure he there's so many things in 2023 that he knows if it had been slightly different, if he'd done slightly different, you know, the results would have been different. But every driver can say that as well. But, you know, he's, he's a contender without question. Are you quietly confident about Marcus Armstrong's second season with Chip Ganassi Racing, considering this year he will do the full program, including the ovals? Yeah, I think I think that it's going to be a big shift for him. Um you know, not stepping away out of the seat and letting Takuma Sato, you know, do the oval stuff. You know, I, I think he's um, uh, justified his position at, at Chip Ganassi Racing. And I think he's going to 
you know, again, throw the cat amongst the pigeons um, a lot more this year than what he did last year. And he's got a, you know, he's got a great teammate and Scott Dixon there too, obviously, to to be able to learn from. And I'm, and I'm sure Scott is, is only willing to, to support him where he wants support to, to help him be better. And one final thought, F1, is it going to be a procession again? You know what, I, I'm not sure it's going to be. I, I, I feel, I've, I've got a bit of a vibe that... It, it, Next is still going to be probably the force to be beaten, but I don't. I just don't know if it's going to be as, as much of a runaway um, as what it was. Um, I think there's there's some there was some signs from a few teams last year that they were on a path, and and I'm hoping um, that you know they've continued to to reduce the gap because I think it's difficult for Red Bull to probably keep the gap that they had last year because. That you know, they surely can't go and find more than what they had to to create that that gap again. Max is obviously brilliant, but so I think the team, these other teams that have probably um, had more to find um, easier than what Red Bull uh, would have at trying to extend their gap. So fingers crossed that I'm right. And no more Gunter. Bye bye Gunter. Oh man, yeah. Right. That's a uh, that's an interesting one, you know. Um, a pretty terrible time to be doing it just before the start of the season uh, into a new year. Um, that happening, and uh, yeah, there's been some funny stuff online around what a Netflix what Netflix are going to do <laughs> now that their star their star is gone. So um, yes, it might not be as entertaining uh, Drive to Survive uh, anymore if uh, Gunther's gone. But we're but we're waiting for the 23 version to come out, which I'm sure is going to be. Um, have a lot of him in it, um, yeah, but uh, the the twenty four season might be a little bit more glum. Did you get on the wakeboard this summer? Uh, got on the surfboard, mate. Yeah, on the surfboard. Been out uh, Lake Togport. Uh, still, uh, actually, haven't left the place uh, since just after Christmas. It's been great, and uh, with the event coming up this weekend, uh, it's nice to be here and and um, you know starting to get uh, the vibe, the uh, the juices flying around uh, some race cars. All right, I wouldn't mind a driver one of these cars. Really, sit in the car. Can I come around in your Monaro? Uh, hey, listen. Maybe, that, maybe if there is a passenger seat, I don't see why we shouldn't be able to do that. Why I'd, wouldn't we? I'd love to do that. Four twenty-seven and a Monaro with you driving. That's just got me a little bit excited. Yep, absolutely. All right, mate. Thanks for the time again. Happy New Year. We'll see you at the weekend. See you on the weekend. Cheers, mate.